What's up, guys? Another episode of the event coming at you. Got a coworker, uh, uh, someone who's become a friend, someone I can uh, easily talk to at work, and uh, he's definitely got an interesting story. But before we uh, before we launch into the episode, I just want to remind you guys uh, a couple different um, I don't know companies that uh, that we support on the event and that they uh, mutually support back to us. So you heard uh, shortly before the new year. Um, we had Dave on from Stinger Golf. Take take a look at Dave. He's a running a veteran owned company. Um, your your golf apparel, right? So www.stingergolfapparel.com. Um, take a look. He's got great quality gear. Um, awesome for the golf course. Looks great. And you'd be supporting uh, veteran companies, which is what we're all about. Uh, secondly, <laughs> new company that we hooked up with, Patriotic AF. Uh, these guys are doing some great things. They got some wild. Um, apparel you know just straight up america one of the questions they ask is how do you america well if you want to america take a look at patriotic af um that's patrioticaf.us they uh they're just doing some really great things they're rapidly turning into a uh, a nonprofit that again supports uh you know your fellow veterans take a look uh give it a shot also scars and stripes coffee uh, I haven't really talked about these guys yet, but I, I do. Um, I'm a I'm one of their representatives, I guess, or a salesperson, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Scars and Stripes Coffee. It's basically uh, you cannot get Scars and Stripes Coffee from anyone but a veteran. So if you want to jump on ScarsandStripesCoffee.com, use the count, uh, use the code MCoon. You'll uh, you'll definitely be supporting this podcast, my tournament, and my efforts to uh, to go ahead and. Um, you know, support my community. So I would appreciate any of the, any help you can and support these great brands guys. They're, uh, they're taking care of veterans. Uh, all right. Lend, lend me your ears. Once again, this is uh Lucas call. All right. I'm here with Lucas call. What's up, brother? It's a beautiful day. Yeah. What are you, what, what's going on? How you been? Uh, just doing the work thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? So what are you doing right now? So I am currently the uh, ACFT, the new Army Combat Fitness Test um, implementation guy for the state of Utah. So I work with NGB on on getting a soldier spun up on how this test is unfolding and and uh, how the the uh, equipment's getting here and the whole logistics piece, helping with the the logistics and training of soldiers, understanding what. Real physical fitness is like not real, the, not the old the old school right. stuff. Real physical fit, like actual application <laughs> of like yeah. movements, like so. So we did um, when I was in the Marines, we did the combat fitness test, right? Which I think a lot of people are starting to move towards, or s- variations of it. And I would tell you, like, I would have ran that thing three times a day, every day, mm-hmm. if they asked me to, rather than our ridiculous old school PT test that right. really wasn't applicable. Yeah. Like I would say when I deployed I I didn't run 3 miles ever. Right. But there was one time where we thought a kid was drowning yeah. and we definitely ran like around 800, you know, like a movement to contact is what Absolutely. we would call it. Um so I kind of appreciate where the army's going with this. Yeah, there's some there's some applicable um I mean you have to be able to run. It does show the the endurance cardiovascular stuff. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I just don't but, I, I don't like think the push-ups it's the sit-ups and the sit-ups like yeah. I don't think 3 miles or even 2 miles is really where we're at as a military at the moment. 
Correct. Yeah. I, just, I mean, well, cardio cardio matters, but maybe not that. I can tell you, young kids, that's not where they're at ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so my thing is too, though, is like, but when I was working out before, <clears throat> I used to CrossFit, and I feel and I but I didn't run or really do any of that, mm-hmm. at least not for long distances. But the way I was throwing weights around, like you were still getting a ton of cardio. Mm-hmm. ability and like when i was crossfitting was still translating to like a three mile run mm-hmm. so i didn't have to run to get good at it yeah. really or better mm-hmm. so I, I mean physical fitness is what it is i mean i don't know everybody's got their own take but yeah it it's just kind of a different people are freaking out you know this new acft is coming and oh it's a i mean it's a change man when people when you realize like what you were doing before doesn't necessarily apply to like a functional lifestyle or like a functional, you know, like a functional ask of what you might have to do. Right. I mean, it's it's a little shock to the system. It's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of an odd thing that the Army's, I say this all the time and people kind of like question me, but I'm like, the Army's actually kind of rolling this out fairly smart. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're rolling it out with not a whole lot of information out there and they've done a lot of studies on it. And now uh, you can see the, like the application of what it's going to be used for. It's going to be a far better you know, test of fitness. So what are you, what are you seeing? Are you seeing, I mean, I'm not saying, are you, are people getting it? Are they not getting it? Are they struggling? Mm -hmm. There's different trends. I mean, I'm definitely looking, there's uh, probably some clear areas where people need to be better. Yeah. Core. It's probably obvious, right? Core is obvious, uh, that, that people don't work. And that's where you look at, well, you you can pass the current test in, you know, sit-ups, right? Um, but yeah, your core is weak and it just goes back to show that the, the old school testing is, is not a, a true application dude i mean i met a lot of marines back in the day that could zoom a pft oh they absolutely. could run a three mile 18 minute no problem mm-hmm. but they'd never be able to carry my big ass yeah exactly i mean i wasn't even that big when i was in you know mm-hmm. i'm a lot bigger now but um yeah and then you'd see those tiny guys when it transferred over to the cft yeah. i mean they they had plus or minus 10 pounds but you even just carrying another person you could tell like it wasn't something they were yeah it, it completely as we've training that, for where you've got a kid that'll run <clears throat> uh, 12 30 on the two mile yeah you know that's that's moving and then on the acft they will perform the events before which isn't you know mind-blowing but then when they get to that two mile run they're three and a half minutes you know past what they normally run and so it's kind of a, a shock to them so i've, I've had definitely the, the more people that take it uh there's kind of an initial shock like man this is stupid and then all of a sudden they they jump into it and they're like ah that's kind of fun it's a little bit different mentality than what we used to do so um but yeah i think it's going well i think it'll be a it'll be for a positive in three years everybody will you know just be used to it and well, the complaining yeah, will stop i think the marine the marine corps i don't recall how long they tested like what we did but they rolled it out, and in that first year when we started running the CFT, it was pass or fail mm-hmm. for anyone. It didn't matter. You just got like a comment, basically. And then the next year, and it was still semi It's still, I think, semi-annual. They've changed some things, but you still run a PFT and a CFT, mm-hmm. um, which is whatever. I think the CFT personally is probably where it should be, but um, now they, you know, they get scored. But we had like a year to make sure we could do it, right? Um, and I, but I don't think we we don't have we didn't have as many events as what you guys are doing on the ACFT, you know, this new yeah. thing you guys are doing. So uh, I look forward to seeing what happens, man. I think it makes sense. It's it's definitely uh, more modern, more functional. Yeah. Right? So For sure. So that's what you're into now. Tell me a little bit about your background, though, in the Army and uh, your law enforcement stuff. That's um, that's, that's actually kind of how we met, right, when we talked about right. some training or whatever. You know. Yeah, it, uh, it was uh, training for 
I think for some office people for the ar- the army. And I was talking to you about, uh, hey, should I go? And you're like, well, what's your background? And I said, well, I've been on the SWAT team. And you're like, well, stop right there. <laughs> Don't go to this training. So, um, yeah, my background, I, I started uh, I started law enforcement as soon as I turned 21. Mm. Um, so I <clears throat> started that, worked for five years. Um, obviously, that was 2001. You know, nine eleven happened, and four years I sat and watched. Uh, you know, that, at that point, combat was pretty, pretty heavy. Mm. You know, and there was kind of everywhere in your face, and so I kind of even felt, even though I was a cop, that I wasn't doing any service. And so I thought, well, I'll just join. And uh, my brother-in-law, asshole, was a recruiter, lived next door to me. <laughs> That's awesome. So he's like, "Want to go in the guard?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've already got a career going." And so I talked to my little brother, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. And he's like, I think I'm going to do it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, let's go join. Yeah. So we joined, and uh, same day, we left within a week of each other of basic training. Um, he went into the 19th, and I went into the uh, engineers. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty so, common in Utah. Yeah. Place yeah, to go, yeah. Yeah. Combat engineers is where I went, and... Uh, deployed as you know route clearance that was a nice. good time yeah i used to do security for some route guys man that's an intense uh it was a good time yeah it was, i mean you, i i definitely have that mentality of if i'm gonna go over there i don't want to sit you know on a fob and you know dish out equipment that people are gonna go use to right to to get into it so it was kind of a good thing um, i fell into that one and um i left to afghanistan and he left to uh iraq and you know a week apart from each other wow so, um, yeah, you man, I, you don't see that in active, active duty much, man. That's a guard thing. That's like kind of a guard thing. Yeah. Like where brothers like are in the same unit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like one's in Afghanistan, one's in Iraq. Like, yeah. You know, mom's at home. Like where are my kids? You know, kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, yeah, you might, you might see some brothers like, you you know, there'll be Marines that have like brothers in the, in the military, but mm-hmm. it's r- super rare. I think to see them like even, even in the same state as each other at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. Alone, it it you was, know. you know, we, um, it was interesting. It was kind of cool. You know, we'd Skype and stuff like that. He'd be in, you know, in his, his quarters and I'd be in mine just mm. kind of chilling. And yeah, it was kind of cool that, I mean, at least the whole family, we were gone together and it was, a, you know, it is what it is, but it's a good time. Yeah. I had a fun time. So, uh, in the law enforcement side, I've, you know, ran a dog, canine. Um, I've, uh, been on the SWAT team. I was on the SWAT team for nine years. Um, did a crime reduction unit, which is a two-man kind of a crew that runs around. You, you have a squad, but it's a two-man crew car that just runs around and finds criminals for the detectives or gang units, or which is kind of a, a marked unit that go out and kind of crush streets. Don't take calls. We just go after bad guys. It was kind of fun. That's that it was, sounds it was a good time. It yeah. <laughs> was a good time. And then after that, I uh, went to nar- undercover narcotics. There you go. Um, and then got promoted. Uh, so just at this point, man, I'm just uh, just turned forty this week. So, oh, just this week? Yeah. Well, happy birthday this week. Yeah, whatever it was. Right. I'm you celebrating. Don't look 40, We're celebrating this week. I wouldn't give you forty. Well, you're in phenomenal shape and still killing it for forty, man. Damn, I, I feel like you forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so SWAT up in Ogden. What's that like? Ogden, Utah, right? So isn't that that's what we talked yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I started it's out with Roy PD. 
Oh, and um, Roy? And Roy PD, yeah. Okay. Roy's, it's, that's a small town. So it's, yeah, it's about 40,000 people. Um, Roy? Yeah. Wow. But okay. it's grown. It, it's, it's all, it's all housing or homes. Um, started there. And as soon as I got back from Afghanistan, man, I was, I was done with the, the, you know, more low key, uh, Roy city environment. And I wanted to go, you I know, work it. the streets. I get it. Yeah. I was, I was pretty gung ho when I got, I mean, you know, during Afghanistan, we had, we had a good time. I mean, you know, we weren't definitely, you know, Fallujah Marine Corps back in, you know, 2002, 2003. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, that was only, <laughs> only, yeah. <laughs> select few experience that but the 82nd did too so I mean, yeah 82nd not, i mean 82nd was there i mean there was some you know we were definitely weren't an infantry you know group that was yeah. going in there but um you know whatever platoon you were in we, we all got into our engagements we all had fun yeah. we all we all got the experience the you know definitely not on the scale of others but um i was a marksman for our platoon um so i ran the the m14 which is badass gun, sexy so gun it is a sexy gun um, but yeah, so when I got back from Afghanistan, man, I just wanted to, I wanted to go work the streets. So I jumped over to Ogden at that point, 2011, mm. or excuse me, no, 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 my bad. I'm all over the place. I jumped over when I got back from basic training, um, in 2007 there you go. is yep. when I jumped over. So, um, and then I was working Ogden at that point from, you know, got on the SWAT team, gang unit and, and, uh, then I left to, to Afghanistan. So once I got back, I, that's when I wanted to go into narcotics and so i started working my way up to the crime reduction unit and then to narcotics so mm. how's the what's the narcotic activity like up there yeah it's, it's solid solid it's, probably it's, for yeah. for people probably i mean i have listeners all over the place they, mm. most people probably don't think of that type of activity in utah yeah but it's here it's it's definitely here so ogden has ogden's kind of interesting um really cool place man some of the buildings are in there are really really badass i mean they got old you know old town feeling but then yeah 25th street's awesome dude like i've been yeah, up on cool 20, i know it's like a, a sketch part of that or what from what people told me i get tattooed up there yeah on the 25th there's some definitely some interesting characters floating around but it's absolutely a cool, yeah. it's a cool part of the town there's a lot of little lot of little history in there um but yeah i mean ogden you've got uh five generation gang members oh uh, yeah oh yeah you so, just you, i mean i mean ogden's got i'm not gonna say there. everyone could pick them out but i mean I know a, a nefarious cat when I see one, you know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah, and yeah. It, but it's a little more obvious up there than it is in some other parts of the city. Yeah, I think. it's comparable. I mean, you can look at West Valley or Salt Lake. Um, we have the same the same crime up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you 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 as a young cop going into to that type of environment, you definitely learn quick. Um, you definitely learn how to speak to certain individuals. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Make it brief and, yeah. and powerful, but yeah. It, so, uh, but I had enough of that, man. I I'm almost two years and I retire from law enforcement. Mm. Um, so now I'm up in Morgan County, being a little sheriff on the quiet county. Dude, I don't blame you though. Dude, it's beautiful. Morgan is unreal up there. Yeah, it's so I mean gorgeous. the people. The people. It, that's the difference, you know. People. People don't call you to help. They like just pass you and say, "No, we got you know slide offs, vehicle slide offs." They. You know, people will help each other, and so it's yeah. nice to see that society's still out there. That, yeah, for that sure. people are, you know, people, and yeah, it, it's not like on the streets in certain places. Dude, small town Utah is legit, man. It's still kind of old school. In, yeah, in that way, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm looking to find myself. Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I, my daughter's played some golf up in Morgan, and uh, I'm just, you know, just passing through or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, that's some beautiful country up there, man. Yeah. Yeah. People are nice. Yeah, it was. it's a good time. I uh, had a lot of experiences, you know, on the SWAT team, a lot of it. Like, we were, I mean, we're not a full-time team up there, mm-hmm. but we definitely had some good times. Um, no shortage of work up there on this that, that town. Anything stand out? Um, I mean, I was talking to my my kids about this man we uh chainsawed floors <laughs> to get dudes out of <laughs> crawl spaces really? oh yeah yeah like what i mean they were just hiding like it's fugitive like yeah you're we, kicking a door and like yeah, looking for a cat and, yeah well dudes will get in chases and then they'll never into a house and uh you know we got firemen on 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 the team for we got sure paramedics and uh we were like let's get us let's get a chainsaw and they're like do it so we <laughs> ripped open a chainsaw and Dude, uh, you know, we talked to him after, and he was like, man, I didn't know what the hell was coming down on me. I didn't know what you guys were doing to the house, but, bro, I was scared. <laughs> so well, I mean, that's time. that's pretty aggressive. That's an aggressive move, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think many – you didn't catch any flack for that? No. That's awesome. No. It was, either, was, it was either chainsaw or we have to crawl in there with him. And that, Well, that's not good for anybody. That's not fun for You don't want to be in a tight space. You don't want to be in a tight – yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, we've, we had a couple of shootings. Um I had two shootings on the on just on the SWAT team, and then I had one in uh, narcotics. So I had three total. Officer involved or just officer you, involved? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, there's cops. There's cops that'll go a whole lifetime that don't don't ever. Yeah. Maybe don't even throw down ever. That's and that's not a bad thing, but no, it's not. But I mean, uh, I'm saying to compare three yeah, it, three and three in a career. My, mine were three in a year. Oh damn, that was yeah. a busy year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, when you're, I don't know, man. I mean. Dude, I, I have this conversation with people a lot. Like, I was a military policeman, mm-hmm. and, and I was in the Marine Corps. So, yeah, like, we, we you know, the times that I spent doing, like, some we would call garrison work, um, you know, you come across, like, some ugly domestic violence type stuff, but the people, man, are so different. Like, the yeah. worst little shithead in the Marine Corps is still better oh, yeah. than the biggest piece of trash you're going to find in a city. And yeah. and the thing is, like, we always had this, like, common denominator, right? Like, well, we were, we were fellow service members. Like, cops on the streets, like, in a city don't have that. Like, it, a lot of MPs want to be like, oh, it's not any different. And I'm like, eh, actually, <laughs> yeah. if you look at it this way, like, the tactics and the police work and the police education that you get, I think is probably pretty similar. Yeah. However, uh, you don't get the... The real experience in the street, man. You just you just don't. They're just not. The, the people are different. Yeah, I I think it's partially everybody has that. You know, resort back to that training. Yeah, um, three in one year, man. That's... You still were you still were disciplined at one point during basic or right. or whatever you want to call it. So you still have that you know common denominator that you understand. Right. You know, discipline. You understand a little bit of rank structure. You understand roles in society and for sure and some of these people aren't ever brought up even without a dad you know or a mom they're just kind of bouncing around and so yeah i've definitely um uh me and a couple of my buddies have uh chased a dad and then short you know short while later um i ended up choking out his son when he was <laughs> it's all in the family huh? we arrested him i mean he just he had shot a, a kid but yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's the society is just reckless sometimes, man. Dude, I mean, well, I mean, that's just you know it is what it is, dude. Like I said, I've seen. I mean, 
the things that I saw, like in the Marine Corps, you're like, oh, fuck, I can't believe that kid did that. Yeah. But it's only really bad because he's a Marine. Yeah. If he right. was a civilian, he'd be like, well, get out of my That's face. pretty Go. normal. Yeah. Like, like, the, like, most people or cops would be like, yeah, they're held to a standard. Yeah. Like, really, guy? Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, I, that's normal for us. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, th- and that, that part, I mean, um, my shootings didn't even really bother me. They were just like, yeah, that's what happened. Okay, cool. Off to the next one. Um, and you know, the fighting, you know, dudes that want to fight, throw down and not going to jail. And you're like, yeah, you're going to jail. And they're like, then let's go. And you roll around with them. And that, that stuff's all fun and dandy. But the stuff that starts wearing on you is the kids, the, yeah, for the sure. family. The- so we, you know, I would say, you know, shout, shout out here to the military policemen that have dealt with that because that stuff yeah. is kind of present in the military. And that's yeah. tough. Like, yep. um, obviously guys coming you know, back and forth deployments, whatever. It's a lot of stress. The family dynamic, um, domestic, you know, violence, abuse, those things. That's tough, yeah. man. That's hard to watch. Hard yeah. to it. That's, you feel that, a little helpless sometimes. That's that well. That's yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. Is you can't. You can look at somebody and tell them to leave. You know. But see, in that regard, we kind of it used to be an easy thing for me to look at. You know, let's say a female is getting abused. It used to be an easy thing for me to be like, well, then leave. Like, don't be dumb. Just typical, leave. Typical male answer. Typical male think. answer. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, just leave. And then you start pulling back the layers and starting to look at it, and it's like, well, it's not It's not, as a, it's not that easy. Yeah. I mean, if there's a mental issue that's well, that, that they're putting on them that, that uh, they have to, you know, think that they rely on this person and yeah, they're scared to, for sure. to go, not be able to support themselves, like, it's a completely different dynamic. It's got to be rare where it's literally just a physical thing. Oftentimes, it's it's they're totally prepped and, trained oh, yeah. and like almost you know basically conditioned yeah. yeah to to function in that kind of environment and they don't absolutely feel like they can get out of it it's crazy that's yeah. that's very i mean that was a common thing in the military man and it, and it doesn't know a service either it's it was no that um, that that place has, i mean that's you know it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter where you work uh, it knows no no bounds yeah. there on that it's so, crazy yeah that's a yeah those are those are hard things to and and the, the the other thing is too is like a lot of people, um, whether they're cops or you know working as a cop or military, like we've uh, I think it's I don't really know many people that haven't experienced that somehow, like through someone immediately close to them, friend, sister, right. mom, dad, whatever. So I mean that's a, yeah it's a it's a hard thing to deal with, man. That yeah, wears that, which it goes to you know the mental. The mental, you know, issues that we. I would say kids, country. kids was the hardest. Yeah. I think because they, for sure, know, they don't ask for that. They don't. I mean, no child on this planet was ever asked to be born. Yeah, right. Well, so it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a reality, right? And then yeah. no one's asked to be raised or whatever in the conditions that they're raised in. So, yeah, and it's it's always, you know, two adults. I don't think we can. We have a difficult time as adults, as a male and a female, like. Hey, our shit's not working out, right? Mm-hmm. You go that way, I'll go this way. You can keep the pictures, no worries. But we don't sit and fight this out for the next five, six, seven years. And the kids are like, "This is how marriage is. This is how relationships are." Mm-hmm. And so they just they grow up like, "Well, this is this is normal." Yeah, so, it's tough to yeah. So that's yeah, that's the definitely when you want to slap adults like, "Hey, man, shut up!" Like, you guys aren't married anymore. Like, stop fighting. Yeah, but. but you can't. You get in trouble as a cop, so you can't. You gotta watch out how you talk to people. For to sure, be soft. Well, <laughs> now you do. Now you damn right you do. So when I got out of the military, man, I've, I mean, 
I was like, you know, oh, well, you're a military policeman. Wouldn't you go be a cop? And I was like, well, have you seen Ferguson lately? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, shout out to all the guys that are in as law enforcement and have stayed in and have joined since mm-hmm. Ferguson. Uh, I think it's calmed down now, but that incident made it really bad to be a cop. I think everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And it was a dangerous situation. Like you had cops that didn't trust people and people that didn't trust cops, and that's bad. Yeah. And, and everybody, everybody, you know. They'll believe whatever they see. Sure, you know. Up front. Yeah, the media did not they, assist. They did not help. And I, I'm not. I'm not trying to take <laughs> yeah. a side on the Ferguson incident yeah. whatsoever. I don't. I don't even really know all the specifics of it. I don't know if anyone does because of all the yeah shit that happened surrounding it. But it made it. You know, it it just encouraged me to look elsewhere. Yeah, I, than, I encourage. You know, I got I got younger kids. Uh, they'll come up to me and like, hey, you know, want to be a cop? And I'm like, cool. Go look at a fireman. <laughs> you know um the, the hard part nowadays is um you know, Ferguson definitely catapulted you know the body cameras and yeah. people videotaping the cops and and everything happening there and it makes um you know their cops do some dumb dumb shit too like I'm not going to be there's still people man they're, yeah they're still they're still people and and I get I get the question all the time of like, well, I seen a cop the other day stop at a red light, flipped on his lights, went through the intersection and turned them off. Like, you guys just do that shit just to go to lunch faster or go home? And I'm like, man, you have no idea what they were doing. They they couldn't run code because, you know, a, a you know dude might be uh, beating his wife and the wife is up in the room, but they're know, trying still, to talk quiet. There's like, still you don't a want to, sense of urgency. There's a sense get of there. urgency, yeah. And so right. people don't. I mean, that's the shit you don't understand that, unless yeah. you you you've but done everybody it or, sees it, and their first assumption yeah. is that the cop's an asshole, right. and so that's what you know. So it's like, no, here's the deal. Well, I had a cop that stopped my mom's sister's uncle the other day, and I'm like, what? Okay, tell me. And they're like, well, he was just a dick, and I'm like, all right, you don't know what his day was like, you don't know what he just went through. Um, I think that that kind of coincides with with military as well is is um, when it comes down to it, you know, soldiers, military, people in general, they might get in trouble at work, um, and there might be always these underlying circumstances. Yeah, well, in, in law enforcement, we're horrible, horrible at trying to um, understand what's going on in, in somebody's life. In the military, it's a little bit better nowadays. Well, we've had a massive catalyst. Yeah, exactly. The suicide critical are incident huge. debriefs and all these different things are becoming a thing, and they mm-hmm. need to become a thing for Absolutely. sure. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, I would encourage people. Like, well, you know, that's a common thing. Like, oh, the cop pulled me over and he was a dick. Like, yeah. ask yourself how many catastrophic traffic accidents do you think that guy's seen? Yeah, exactly. In the last month, maybe he, he maybe he may have just may have scraped just a child exactly. off a road, man. Like, come on, you know. And you just did the same thing. Maybe that led to that, right? Like yeah. People, people, I think sometimes forget that, and it's it's like you know these are people too, man, and they're yeah. tired of seeing this shit happen when they know. I yeah, I mean, I got um, it could it could be prevented. We had a kid on on seventeenth. He was a young kid. He got hit by a, a car. He was still alive, um, but the car left, and the second vehicle hit him. Didn't understand what was in the road. It was just dark road, nothing. And all of a sudden, you know, lady hits this kid, and she jumps out and was like, "Holy hell! I just killed the kid!" Calls nine one one. We get there, and, and my buddy, who is the medical examiner, he does, he, well, he did all the dead bodies, and you want to talk about a shitty job. That's got to be rough. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he dealt with his own demons, but, um, yeah, so, you know, you come down and somebody, you know, hit and run on a, on a parked car or something, and, and 
you go talk to them like, well, it wasn't a big deal. And so you pop off with an attitude or you, you know, stop somebody for running a stop sign. And they're like, well, it's just a stop sign. There's no cars coming. It's like, you know, so you, you might have an attitude with them because they don't understand. And it's not like you're going to sit and explain everything to them. But yeah, so you, you know, yeah, it's frustrating. People, people assume that just cops just roll around being yeah. dickheads to people. And so... Um, there are definitely cops with attitudes. Definitely, I'm not saying that there's I, I'm, not. Dude, I'm totally. I totally copped an attitude with a bunch of Marines one time. It was the stupidest thing. <laughs> but so I was on duty, right? And um, the night before, some some Marines went. Jay, they jaywalked across a route in Okinawa. It's called Route 58, mm-hmm. and they got smoked by a taxi cab. Four of them. All four p- kids got hit by one taxi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the kid was the taxi was drunk or whatever. I have no idea. One of the kids lost his career. Like he got fucked big time. He took the brunt of the shot mm-hmm. and. Um, so we were told, like, hey, go down there and stop this jaywalking shit because there's bridges that cross the fucking road. But the yeah. Marines were, you know, they needed to get their last couple minutes out in the bar. So they're just run across the street. And we, you know, we were there. Fuck it. All right. We got it. We're going to go and we're going to mm. do it right. And we were just snatching bodies off the street. Like, what sure. the fuck, dude? You know, I'm like a Lance <laughs> Corporal, E3, like chewing out corporals and shit. Like, dude, this, didn't you know, like, this kid just got smashed by a car? Like, mm. his career's over. Um, but I mean, it's like sometimes you got to do that shit to drive the point home. It's like, I'm, yeah. you know, and it's also frustrating that you have to sometimes stop people for that stupid shit because mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. It, it, yeah. Half the shit they do is so dumb and menial, <laughs> but it could, it could actually really fuck somebody up. And yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, I mean, I think people don't appreciate some of that stuff, man. It's, yeah, it's tough. No, that's, that's, I mean, that all that type of stuff, um, you know, involved in like law enforcement and the military and. Um, you know, I say my shootings in, in law enforcement, uh, didn't really kind of bother me. It, that was after I got back from Afghanistan. Um, and you know, the combat over there, I dealt with it poorly when I got home, but I quickly understood, you know, shortly after I got a divorce, right when I got back, um, got married a few years after got back from, from Afghanistan and she kind of helped me put things into perspective. And so during my during the shootings I had, um, I remember like my first, my first shooting, I think. Yeah. My first shooting, um, I got the page, swap page, you know, hostage type thing. And, and, uh, I was just getting ready for bed. I drilled the next day. Mm. So I had my military stuff sitting there and get the page. And I like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta go. She's like, you gotta call out. I was like, yeah, and she, she's a, she's in law enforcement as well. Mm. So, started putting on my my military stuff just easier you know threw on my pants my boots and i looked better and i said uh i think i'm gonna shoot somebody tonight she was like <laughs> fine call me <laughs> wake me up when you get home and i was like all right <laughs> 10 minutes later i called her and i was like hey i just got in a shooting she's like yes. ah, all right just come home when you're ready you need me to come get you and i was like nah, i'll get her right home yeah. <laughs> so it's been good to help that but uh that was kind of, I didn't enjoy hunting. I'd always been raised hunting. When I got back from Afghanistan, after you look at people in a scope for so long, like I went up hunting one day and I was like, Man, this is boring. It's just animals. So I stopped hunting for a few years. You don't hunt that way. This is, yeah. this is the other thing. It's like, you don't hunt that way anymore. No, 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 no. I, it was too easy. So just to kind of close out on the other topic, I think you were hitting at the fact like having a, a tight family structure, I think mm-hmm. helps with a lot of the stuff. So I hope, Absolutely. hopefully people have that for one another. Like I know, I know my wife's been by my side every, every step of the way. Mm-hmm. It's been huge for me. Um, 
But yeah, the hunting thing, that seems to be like your escape, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now it is, anyways. That's what you're doing yeah. now, the mountains. But you do it in a very unique way. I do. Which is another reason why I really wanted to capture this because <laughs> I, I, I think, like, man, I, I think sometimes, like, some vets or cops or firemen or whoever, like, these guys that are out doing it, like, um, they hold themselves back on what's possible and what they might actually get, like, I would say therapy from. Right. Yeah. So just explain kind of how you hunt, what you do, and, like, just how much ridiculous like it, it, to me it's insane <laughs> just break it down for us because it's it's awesome so yeah um hunting with a rifle just wasn't doing it for me and then uh my buddy that was on the SWAT team he's a paramedic on the SWAT team <clears throat> he was like hey i'm heading up archery hunting you want to come and i was like yeah I, I can do some archery hunting um and so i went up with him and i was like yeah this is this is different, you know. It's a stalking. Um, you're playing a real. Thing. It's a real game. Like, oh yeah, you're really, it's, you're really, it, really, really hunting. I'm yeah, I'm hunting now yeah. at this point. It's not a, it's not a rifle, and and you know, aside from all the people who don't like hunting or whatever it is, it's this is what I do, and this is what I put, you know, meat on the table, and so um, I didn't want to be the person that's bragging about shooting an animal from a thousand yards. I just didn't, you know, wasn't a big deal. So, um, so we we ended up and. He's kind of the really the one that um, I don't even know if I learned from or I just we just kind of clicked. We'd been on the SWAT team, um, you know. I deployed. We didn't really hang out a whole lot, um, and then all of a sudden we kind of reconnected on this hunt. And he was just like, "Man, I I just leave and I go, and whatever happens happens." So I'm like, "Well, you want to take food?" And he's like, "Meh, we'll see." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, cool." Like, the more food you take, you know, the, the heavier your pack's going to be. And so right. we'd go up and we'd shoot grouse or whatever. But um, so we went up one year, uh, and he took his llamas. And we got deep into the country. We were about 12, 13 miles back and hunted, had a good time, load up the animals to go out halfway down the trail, like 12 miles of walking. You know, we probably did. 30, 40 miles that, you know, between a five-day period. And we we're just trying to get out. And uh, llamas were just being assholes. And he was like, dude, I'm going to shoot this llama. And I was like, well, all right, man, it's not mine, you know. Yeah. We'll carry this shit out, though. You understand that, right? And he's like, just done. So we, we load up the animals. We They both lived. Um, and we got home, and he's like, I'm done with them. I'm, I'm selling them. I'm getting rid of them. I'll find a different way to hunt. So I was looking online, and I'm like, uh, hey, you think about goats? And he sent me a text back. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 bro. Like, check this out. Yeah. I started sending him some stuff. And he's like, hold on. Like, what? Goats? Yeah, these goats. So uh, we have kind of a mentality now that it's, it's almost like a safety last mentality. Um, and his kind of saying is always, uh, if we make it that long, you know, so these people that put off, you know, hey, we're going to do a trip. I would really like to do this trip, or I really want to do this. Um, we just don't have that mentality anymore. Um, just kind of whatever you're going to do, go do it and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, yeah, I found some goats. There's a guy up in Evanston, runs goats. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, nothing. He said, let's go. So I took my boy, you know, he's two at the time, and we ran up to Evanston, 
talk to this old Air Force vet, lives in the middle of nowhere. He's got like 26 goats. And uh, we're like, hey, we just want to talk to you about these goats, how, how you run them, how it is, what, what, they, what capabilities they have, what are their weaknesses. And he was like, they don't have weaknesses. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's bold. So he runs out to the pasture with us, and he whistles. They all turn. They all come running. Wow. And he, my buddy looks at me, and he was like, oh, shit. This isn't good. I'm going to spend a lot of money here shortly. And I yeah. was like, all right. So we see him. We, they come over. They pet us. They put my, my two-year-old down, and they just nuzzle him. They're really delicate. And, you know, aside from everybody that has had billy goats when they were younger, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, dude, we just started looking online, and uh, we drove up to, um, where the hell was it? Uh, Swan Valley, Idaho. Purchased three goats like a week later. <laughs> what kind of breeds? What is, what breeds are the best for what you do? Uh, it just depends. Like so, we run Alpines, Oberhosleys. Um, I got two Sonnens, a Toggenberg, and then so there's quite a few species of goats. There's a few, yeah. There's some that are taste better than work, you know, harder. So I've learned they, that they, the they leave that in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dick. Sorry, <laughs> it was it's like a thing there. It's like yeah, a big thing there. Well, my brother and my uh, sister in law they all went to Jamaica and they just kept taking pictures of goats and yeah. they're like, "This is what we're gonna eat tonight." But no, I already know what goat I'll eat if I ever get stuck in the mountains. Yeah, so uh, my so you, goats. How many goats? You have seven goats now. I have seven goats now. So that was that you was can a, take these things into some insanely insane places. Like yeah, I so I you showed uh, me some videos. It's intense. Like yeah, so I load down my goats. Um, they they got uh, packs on them. I throw panniers on them, buckle them down, and then we just go. They don't need to be led. Um, I don't have to. They do tie what them up. fifty a piece? About fifty pounds a piece? It depends. You can, so Ish. my uh, my baby, my my buddy's got two babies that we got from a, a breeder out in Kansas. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. Um, that uh, I think when they're grown, they'll be at sixty. Hmm. So that sounds like they're. A, big stout they're, goat they're be a stout goat yeah. yeah so that's the that's the other thing is that i mean goats are if you've ever like got to pet a goat like they're some studly little animal i mean yeah. they, like they for for the size of them they can probably move some weight man like i mean yeah it's it it's fun i mean we'll uh we throw their packs on we we'll uh we've taken the kids up you know you has gone about five six miles back to the granddaddies and uh fished uh, but you don't you don't have to carry water for them you don't have to like no necessarily like they just kind of they'll go two three own. days without even touching water and, uh, but that's their that's them as an animal that's what they do right right like, yeah that's just that's just them so we can go over deadfall we can go and that, that was kind of the thing that turned us on to the goats is um he and i both had that mentality of like i want to stay away from people you, and that's where you start working in those those career fields and you want to get away from idiots mm-hmm. and uh if somebody's 10 miles back they're typically not typically not an idiot i mean um you know if they're hiking 10 miles they're that's a commitment a commitment yeah, yeah they're, they got it they got a, they got a commitment or you you share some common bond in with them and so we just didn't want to have to rely on a horse i'm not a horse person i grew up with horses and and you have to be a horse person year round you have to feed them you know vet bills and when you take them you got to hobble them you know up in the mountains you got to hobble them you have to take them to uh, water. You have to take food in for them. They just can't survive off of just, you know, yeah. dead grass and shit. And so the goat, man, he doesn't care what he's eating. He's eating and he'll find water when he's hungry, when he's thirsty. They're, so. Yeah, they're like a pretty simple, impressive animal. Yeah. They just, 
exist. Horses horses can't uh, go over deadfall and and uh, or up you know st- uh, that shell rock that oh, steep so, rock. Dude, phase. some of the videos you showed me though, those goats can move. Like I don't mm-hmm. you know those those videos like the pictures that people see of those like crazy ass mountain goats on like a vertical cliff. Yeah, that's not fake. No, I mean I don't know if your your goats maybe don't do that, but I'm mean, yeah. just saying like it's impressive that a hooved animal can like do that shit. Like yeah, it's good. It's kind of cool when you start getting down there and trimming their hooves and stuff like that. Their hooves are actually really soft. Really? Yeah. Huh. The outer, the outer portion of them is, you know. Yeah, so I have experience with goats, but I've never trimmed their hooves. I, I wouldn't have thought that. No, mm-hmm. I actually used to own some. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I eat them sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Twice. <laughs> Twice, actually. So yeah, it, it, it's cool. My kids love them. They, they chill with them. Uh, we'll go out and start running around and the goats will start jumping and you know smacking each other in the head but uh the other question i get is uh they stink because when you have billies they're not weathered you know they still have their their nutsack so they're nasty smelly oily billies and these goats uh, are weathered so they don't have a smell to them they don't they're not dirty nasty animals they don't uh they take care of the land as far as you know they tread lightly type of a thing and yeah, we'll go anywhere. Well, you showed me a video, I think, where you, I don't know if you had an elk coming in close or what, you guys are basically on the stock, and mm-hmm. those goats just are like not, they don't like give you away. No. They, they almost alert you in some yeah. ways. Like, yeah. if anything, if they start racking like their horns on each other, like it's probably going to help less, maybe, I don't know if it oh, sounds it does, like it absolutely, helps, but I mean, absolutely, yeah. Like they're, they're like dogs, man. Like they, Like yeah. you basically have like, like, weight carrying dogs that go i mean it's yeah. like that's why i was like so shocked at how insane this is like no i um we'll carry a backpack and we'll have our like life-saving essentials but other than that man i i have uh one goat that carries the majority of my stuff um he's the lead goat he's always right by me and uh he's got my snacks mm-hmm. so if i'm hungry i'll be like hey come here grab a, a bag of snacks out of the the side pouch and i'll eat what i have to and then i'll grab them some seeds or whatever and feed them and then we're good to go and we'll just move on out but yeah i don't carry much anything in my pack my buddy carries you know his stuff that he needs for immediate i carry my stuff but it uh it allows us to to basically hunt um we'll put bulls to bed like last year you know i had to, i had to head out because i had to get to work we put some bulls to bed at i think eight thirty nine o'clock and uh we you know bugle and they bugle back and he's like i'm asleep right here it's like cool let me know how it goes call me i'll come back come back up and help you and he laid a sleeping bag down and the ghost just laid down and went to bed and he woke up five o'clock the next morning and moved out so it just stopped us from having to go back to a base camp it stops us from you know uh, you know so the goats you don't have to like do anything to them they just chill right there mm-hmm. they don't wander off nope and if they do, would they come back? They don't. They just don't. They just don't. They just want to be there with you oh, guys. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So you, just, and you try. You can just absolutely trust that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because so you la- couldn't do that with dogs, really. No, either. last year um, it was raining, and then it stopped, and we had went to bed in kind of a uh, thick, covered little area to keep the water off of us and. We took all their packs off, everything. And I'm going to say probably about 3 o'clock in the morning, we heard something, you know, and they bolted. Mm. And uh, I went back down to the truck about 
two miles. They were sitting at the truck eating. <laughs> Did they hear like a predator probably? Yeah. yeah so oh, yeah. I mean, it was for damn sure. Yeah. So that's the other thing is they'll... Uh, Do they attract predators? Well, I would imagine a wolf or grizzly. They're Prob- gonna probably going to come Absolutely. They're going to know they're in the area, I would imagine. So least. that's the other cool thing is that I've been walking... Um, I've been walking and all of a sudden my goats will lock up and their ears will kind of point forward. And so I'll stop and sure shit, you know, a deer will pop out of the trees or an elk will come, you know, hundred yards away or, um, yeah, they just are very aware. It's kind of cool. If, if there's a predator in the area, they'll all run back to us. We had a, a dog coming to our camp one time, you know, 10 o'clock at night, we're kind of finishing up getting things ready for the next day. And we got our headlamps on and, and, uh, all of a sudden the goats are out just feeding on the edges of the camp and, and all of a sudden they all come running back to us and uh, they all turn, look one direction. You kind of get their horns down ready to, to take care of it. We had our headlamps. We're like, well, that's not a good feeling. And sure as shit, you know, two little beady eyes start walking through the trees and it was some guy's dog that was, you know, lost. Mm. But yeah, they, they just come right back to you and they, they all kind of band together and, and, turn their their horns towards him and that's awesome ready to go so yeah it's kind of cool that's crazy i, I would have thought you'd i mean you said you mentioned like hobbling horses you hobble them so they don't walk right, off right, and shit yeah. right and like that's crazy that you don't really have to do that with goats and if they do wander off they'll just go back to wherever yeah that's, so that's the other cool thing is that that they'll actually remember um routes you've taken wow so i just took my goats up a week ago so you can condition them to the places you kind of want to go mm-hmm. wow absolutely I, I took them up about a week ago and the snow was covered the ground and uh my baby he's a year and a half almost two he uh followed the trail that nobody had taken but i had to take it last year um it was kind of cool he, he'd been on that trail twice and eight months removed with snow covered ground he took it Wow. He was ahead of me, so it was kind of cool to watch. But yeah, that that uh, that gives me the opportunity to go up to the mountains and be by myself, be yeah. quiet. I don't have service. Um, I can sit on the edge of a lake and nobody's going to be around, you know. And I just that's where I kind of do my reset. My wife, she's like, "All right, cool. We'll see you in a few days." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I I can get up there and and I, not even during hunting season. Yeah, so I've seen some videos where you're just on your Instagram. I keep referencing your Instagram because you post this stuff all the time, but where you weren't hunting and you actually had no intent in hunting, you were just out in yep. the in the land with the goats, right? Mm-hmm. But talk about, so you mentioned like, you know, scoping an elk or whatever from however far wasn't doing mm-hmm. it for you. Now you stalk them, but you don't just take any old elk that wanders around, right? Like we've, we've talked about this. Like the, yeah. the hunt for you is way about, I mean, are you a freezer filler or are you a trophy guy or are you somewhere in between? So, um, this is, this is where my buddy and I kind of came together. Um, I don't have to have a big, huge antlered bull to take. Um, it's more about stories. It's more about experiences. And so we had opportunities two years ago to take bulls, but just wasn't a cool story. I mean, once you shoot the bull, you're done. You pack it up and you go out. Um, I can fill a freezer with a cow tag anytime. Mm-hmm. You know, they're overpopulated. We can we can go take that. Are they? They're overpopulated? Yeah. There, it, Ish, maybe. Certain areas, yep. there's a lot. And once you start getting too many, it's, yeah, it's an issue. And, and that's, you know, that's the all, all-time debate of people mm-hmm. thinking you shouldn't kill animals. But uh, not here and over there. But uh, um, 
he had an experience last year where he was up on a hill and um, bull came into him ten yards and was just chilling with his goats. Like you could have killed that bull easy. Yeah, but the experience was just being out there and having a little wild animal come in and hang out with you and like you know. Yeah. So it's the experience is where it is for us. Um, it's a cool thing, you know. He'll bugle for me and. Um, we're going to go get him a tag. He's got, he's more than likely going to get a tag this year that, uh, we're going to go down and work, work our asses off. We're in season right now, aren't we? No, no, no. We got, we just finished August, August, middle of August for Utah. It's middle of August to September, middle of September. Um, we also want Idaho, which is all of September. Oh, okay. So that's, but yeah, it's, um, we got a cool story to tell, you know, that'll be it. But we've had bulls come in that we could, could have taken that it was just like, meh. Yeah, no, there were, there was a video that you showed me too. You were bugling and talking, and it just wasn't, you know, yeah. quite where where well, you they're wanted. not. It's not. 100%. But that's something. That's something I very much appreciate, though. Like, so I've done a lot of research, like, um, or starting to do research on different food types and everything. And like, elk meat is some of the cleanest meat on the in the world. Um, I raise my own chickens or whatever. Like, so, but I appreciate the fact that you're not just like up there schwacking antlers. You know, yeah. like a lot of people are just about taking a trophy yeah it, and, and it's more power too. i mean it is what it is i yeah. get it like i've been told like hey if you go start hunting elk like your tune will change real quick i'm like well maybe but i mean um but i had a friend of mine uh, in virginia he lives in new york so we, we bonded but he um you know he had nuisance tags for the white-tailed deer on his mm-hmm. farm or neighboring farmland and this kid would like bring me meat like all the time and i'm like holy shit like actually like you can feed a damn fam you can feed your family like doing something like that's that was more impressive and important to me i think than you know so that's kind of how some of this appreciation for hunting and everything that goes with it started for me but i mean you just kind of do it on a whole other level with goats it's fun i mean it's it's on it's it's amazing like we haven't been able to find anybody that really wants to stay hunting with us so uh what do you mean we, we just um we did a 24 mile round trip two years ago uh in a day yeah wow <laughs> we basically got there at noon yeah we got in uh 12 and a half or so miles and then slept over without any which wasn't the brightest idea we were cold so we hugged we snuggled with our dogs and but uh we didn't take any sleeping bags or anything it's cold at 10,000 11,000 feet in the Uintas. oh i bet yeah. <laughs> so but yeah we just People don't want to do that. People don't want to work, but we've seen some cool stuff, and uh, it's kind of a cool feeling that you're up there and that nobody in the world right now is looking at what you're looking at. And so, you know, he and I will will take off, and we just have no limits. There's the only limits as far as you're going to be willing to push yourself with these goats. I mean, if you're carrying, you know, 40, 50, 60 pounds of gear on your back, then you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get tired. But with these goats helping us, man, I mean, we're... They don't get tired? The weight that we go in with... Um, they're not going to get tired. Mm. I mean, we spread the weight out between, like, let's say we take five goats. We'll throw 25 pounds on yeah, each so you're goat. Yeah, so you're not loading them down. We're not loading like They're not even loaded. Yeah, they're right? not loaded to okay. anything. And so 20 pounds on five goats, you're looking at, you know, 100 pounds of gear. Well, our, camp, really not a lot. our camp is only 20 pounds together. Wow. Um, well, excuse me. Our, our camp's 20 pounds a piece. Okay. And so we're not carrying much. I mean, we go in fairly light. We don't. Yeah, so you're not abusing the goats weight wise. Like you're not oh, maxing no, them no, out. They're then, not even close. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of my goats, he only had a couple of uh, 
MREs that I purchased from the PX. Um, but yeah, that's all he was carrying is a couple of MREs. So yeah, they're not going to get tired yeah, of that stuff. Light, yeah. So we take off, we go, and and uh, the only thing that's going to stop us is you know we run into elk or we see a different part of the country and we're like, let's go over there. And, yeah. And a lot of the times, some people have never even been there just because it's too far. And if you you know the mentality that we wanted to get away was if we go out, we don't want to have to stop and go. Well, if we go much farther, we're not going to make it back to camp. So we don't care. We'll just go and. Yeah, because you can effectively camp wherever you yeah. want. Yeah, I'll camp and eat. And so, is there anywhere you think you couldn't take your goats? There are some places. Well, like as far as harsh, like, what are the extremes like weather wise, climate wise? Like, uh, I they seem to do fine in elevation. What about like desert or something like that? Would they be? I, right there? I made a mistake last year. Um, <laughs> I got into a. Well, my buddy's story is way better than mine, but I went to the same area without him. He went in. Uh, before me but um i went off the other side of the mountain which didn't have any water um and they were fine it was me that was kind of you know mm. pushing it so anything around here there's no issues with them the desert i mean there's not a whole lot to eat yeah um and then the snow right now we went up just last week and it was fine i mean they they nuzzled their way through some snow and, oh they'll leave it. so they'll go find it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. They'll, they'll find it um but so I would imagine, and there's certain goats that have certain, um, you know, capabilities in, in climates, but as far as the cold, that doesn't bother them. A lot of these goats are from, you know, Alpines, mm-hmm. you know, Switzerland, stuff like that. They're, they're all over the, the place. So it's yeah, crazy. Fine. But yeah, it, it's a good time. I mean, that's, I mean, rock faces, they'll learn to, to get their way down or um, whatever it is. They'll just, they'll find, they'll figure a way out. Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean, that, there was one you showed me. There, you were in some nasty stuff. Like if a horse walked in there, it wouldn't come back out. It would, it would break its ankles. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just yeah. no way. Yeah, there, there's, and they're just like nimble, like mm-hmm. cruising, like you know. I mean, that's impressive, man. Uh, it's got to. Does it give you a look at animals that maybe other folks couldn't go get? Like, does it make? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the bulls you see in some of these places got to be relatively untouched right or un- I, th- unseen, I mean they're, they're, that, that animal moves around so much um but i definitely think that it gets us into a place where that's the other thing it does minimum you're us. not competing with other hunters it, like, that's you're the not, other you're thing not is, in a crowded area right yeah it's not going to get us to a point where you know somebody else is like i messed up and came up here i mean that might be the person that we run into but yeah it, we just don't compete um and if we see somebody well, there's either a road or a, a trail, and we'll just turn and take off another direction. But we, we, in the last three years, um, we've rarely ran into people, you know, on a trail. So, and you said these goats, like sometimes they'll they'll interact with you almost like a dog will, right? Like, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got I got pictures of my son. They'll go over and lay down after a good long hike, and uh, my boy was cold. He didn't have a another jacket. And I was like, go lay next to the goat, man. I told him to go lay, lay next to Ned. He went over and <laughs> laid down. And, what a great goat name. <laughs> right? And uh, body heat kept him warm, and like a picture of both of them sleeping together. Like, wow. It's kind of a... It's not something you would expect a goat to do. Right. Yeah. They seem like these autonomous, like, annoyed creatures sometimes. Yeah. That just want to, like, ram other With goats. creepy eyes. But I think it's that's just the conditions that maybe most people would see them in, right? So, yeah. Um, 
and but you get them as babies, right? Is, is that part of it? Like why they interact with you that way? Or, or? Yeah, that's one way to raise them. Is as soon as you get them, they they uh, obviously the younger you get them, the more you have to care for them. Um, so there's a time frame that you kind of pull them, and you still have to you know feed them mm-hmm. three or four times a day with a bottle. But then they're starting to get on to, to you know little goat food, and, and so it can kind of supplement them. But as soon as man, you start bottle feeding a goat, man, he's your buddy. Um, I lived in a city when. I first got my babies, and people were like, what the hell are you doing? And mm. I ended up getting a note from the police department that said I couldn't have those animals. Dude, baby goats are cute, though. Right? They're way cute. Yeah. They're puppy cute, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I call my goats my kids, and then I call my actual children my, the lessers. <laughs> That's <So>. funny. Because... <laughs> Your kids don't carry your kids. Don't carry my shit. <laughs> yeah, Matter of fact, I gotta carry theirs. Yeah. And I gotta listen to them whine. So yeah. They're they're That's, that's funny, how, man. That's how I work it. Well, I mean, my dog's king around here, man. It's I mean, I I I am looking at it like the these goats are no different than dogs, it seems like. I mean, and and dogs aren't necessarily gonna pack any of your gear. Dogs are great. I think I think every dog on this planet is like an emotional support animal that just doesn't know yeah, it. For sure. But it seems to me like goats are too. Oh yeah, dude. Like, I think you could chill with it. I mean, I think goats are inherently packed animal, like pack animals, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want just a goat. Like you should get them in pairs. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've I've I had one that a guy. But I mean, they need attention. Like they oh, need absolutely. they need a f- attention, and I would dare I say a little affection. If you you know, I don't know. I, I mean, they no, need, they do. They, they need people around. Yeah, they. So I I bought two of my goats from another guy, um, and when I got them, they were kind of standoffish wouldn't let me pet them, you know, and it took him about six months. And now he's my lead goat now. Yeah. Um, well, until my baby grows up and then they'll switch. But, yeah. uh, now he comes over and he like, that's all he wants is to be scratched. Yeah. His cheeks and, and forehead to be scratched. That's, that's like him. So yeah, he's, he's very affectionate. How long, how long can you, how long do they go for? How long, how long do they last? I mean, what's the uh, they're about eight nine years. Um, you just kind of have one. My buddy's goat right now. It's no different. That's no different than an average dog. A dog, yeah. I mean, you're looking at a dog. It's crazy. You, you get um, a twelve year old goat that might be slowing down, but uh, you know, you lighten a pack and and uh, he might be good to go. You know, wow. Some guys will take uh, actual like females. You know, take a nanny and they'll go up hunting with the nanny and they got milk. So they'll throw. I've had goat milk. It's they'll not, they'll, they'll it's throw not. down some milk and they'll help to cook with it. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. Um, it's it's you got to get used to it. But I've had some goat milk. Yeah. It's not. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a way to do it. They don't pack any any weight just because you know it's hard on their body. Yeah, she said. Well, if they're producing if they're milk, producing milk, mm-hmm. it's, they're already doing it. So yeah, there's a lot of people that are doing goat milk. Yeah, huh. yeah. It, it's that's my thing. That's my jam. That's like that's, you could just exist in a pack of goats. That's insane. Yeah. If you really think about it, like, yeah, there's a story out there. There's a guy, and like, I forget his name, um, but he lives up in I want to say Washington or Idaho, and uh, he'll spend months, months like he doesn't have a home. He'll live in the mountains with his goats and just move around. That's crazy. And he'll kill animals and he'll eat the entire animal. So he just exists. He just exists yeah. in, as a pack. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So that's, that's where that's where my. Uh, I mean that's kind of where i've just come to i'm you know obviously getting a little older and that's my that's my focus now is just just kind of that's how you rest reset and yeah i I just 
I've focused on everybody else's problems for so long and it's just yeah. time to kind of narrow things down and look at my own what's what's in my own view rather yeah. than you know outside of my house and so that's where it's it's a good reset it's um it's what I focus on it's what I deal with my takes away all my my issues it makes my kids you know help with a little bit of responsibility yeah for sure well i, I mean just in a, in a smaller way with my chickens i noticed that oh, 100 right away absolutely I mean, when they're out there working with them or um they're sort of pettish but you also get the eggs from them but you got to feed them you got to water them you know i think it's a trade-off I, you have to i mean i love that you're like it's like a little circle yeah you know like we feed them they feed us yeah exactly i'll tell my five-year-old nice i'll say you know you gotta go feed even the dog like, go feed the dog i don't want to i'm like well, if the dog doesn't eat, what happens? Yeah. It dies. Like, they go feed the dog. Go feed the dog. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and so it's teaching them a little bit of humility, a little bit of care, you know. But, yeah, yeah it's a good time. It's, that's. What are, so last, last question on the goats. What does it take to keep them? Like, do, do you have to, do you have a, a plot of land somewhere? Or do you have. Yeah. So they, depending on the size of land, what, you know, grass is available. You know, during the wintertime, obviously, I, I, we purchase a little bit more hay yeah. um, just to, to feed them. I give them some, some grains, some, some uh, goat feed that helps right, them. Right. Do you have, so but during like, the summertime, like if you've got a good piece of land, half acre for you know, three or four goats, acre you can put on you know, a solid. So they're not goats. just like chilling in your backyard. Hmm? They are in your backyard. Well, in, like in a field. In a field. Okay. So, so you have a little piece of land that yeah, you can. Yeah. They're, they're just down chilling and. and you know, they hang out. I've built them some structures. Um, they like to be up high and perch. Mm. So I built them some structures. They don't like the rain. Um, they definitely so, don't like the rain. No, they do not rain. like the rain. So they got places to go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we go out there and we'll jump on the structures with them and they'll chase us and <laughs> kind of run around <laughs> and awesome. stuff like that. So it's just, yeah, it's, uh, every time somebody's like, wait, what did you just say? Or people that know me will say something and uh, people are like, what are you talking about, goats? I'm like, oh, I got goats. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, no, I got. That's basically I got, I got what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. what's happened. Like, you know, you talk about hunting, and I'm interested in getting into hunting, but mm -hmm. then you kicked it a nickel, and we're like, yeah, but I do it with goats, and I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> and then they just show me these videos like stalking elk with goats. It's insane, but it's awesome. Like, I just, I'm, I'm I just want people to like learn about this stuff, man. Like. Because you can go to places that you've always wanted to go mm -hmm. easier just by having a couple of goats. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's important. It, people would understand mountains a little bit better, but... Um, you mean like the, the further in and the less... Yeah. I mean, when, when you go to the mountains now and you put on a little tiny backpack and you got a bottle of water and you walk in, you're dealing with everybody and their family and their kids and it's trash and there's shit all over the place and big wide trails and it's, it's it might not be an experience i mean we're we're right next to the mountains but then all of a sudden when you get five six seven miles back to where it's untouched to where there are no real solid trails um quiet like it's a different world and if you've got something that can help you i mean if you're older and you got you know there's guys that are 50 60 70 years old that have goats and that's why yeah it carries all the stuff and so that's that just gives you that opportunity to get out get away and and help you know, find whatever it is that you're trying to do to to make coming off the mountain and going to civilization. Dude, I could see there. a place where I could see like a space where like vets who like maybe can't carry as much as right. they used to be able to carry. They have injuries, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like could could use goats to help them get 
back into some tougher places that you know mm-hmm. maybe they'd otherwise be restricted to but yeah yeah absolutely it, it would definitely be something that uh it'd be interesting to to start with a goat did you keep the logo then I do have the logo. So tell everybody what the logo is. Like, uh, like say the saying. It's it's a badass little goat logo, and then inside the neck, it's got a picture of a an elk coming out of the trees, and then uh, on the bottom, it says "Goat fuck yourself." I love that. <laughs> goat fuck yourself. <laughs> so awesome. And then on the uh, the front of the shirt, it says "Safety last." And that's you just saying "Go for it," basically, right? Yeah. Just a lot of people, I think, put restrictions on themselves. Um. Because we don't know, you know, Some we might, of us, I think, are conditioned to we, it. We might not, absolutely. We might not take a risk because, well, we're going to lose our money. We might not take a risk because, well, we might fail again to the top of the mountain. Uh, we might, you know, uh, I mean, shit. We've you talk about some stories. We've done some stupid things. We've taken off and broken boat axles. Um, we've got stuck in mountains for hours with dull axes because we didn't get prepared because we didn't take shit. And we're just like, let's see how this shit turns out. And I'm, and those are some of the best stories you have. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just that's that's kind of a, a lifestyle that I'm into now is just, you know, take care of you and um, stop thinking and stop concerning yourself with all the bullshit. Well, I, th- I mean, that's, that's an important message, man. I think that's probably a good way uh, good way to end it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say thanks for coming in and um, doing this with me. I, I, I thought your story was, was really cool, and I'm, I, I guarantee there's vets out there that could – jump on something like this and mm. at least learn from it so um check out lucas call on instagram you know you'll see a lot of his goat videos right i mean I, I hopefully you don't mind if people jump on there and look at your stuff no right? but no. i mean the goat stuff i think is i do have kids but it's mostly goats yeah it, well it is though yeah i know i mean <laughs> it, but i mean your kids go hunting with you though eh, or if, at if least can, i've seen i can help it but i mean they're they're out there Packing out with you, right? I mean, they damn right they are. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're not going to get an easy life. They need to understand what it's like to be uncomfortable before they can enjoy the comforts of society nowadays. Yeah, that's going away, man. People don't, people don't uh, agree. You know, I don't want to say agree or disagree, but people, I think people forgot about that in a way. Yeah. Like, shit. The last one, then we. But last time I took my kids in the mountains, I left it. I left their tent at home on purpose. Nice. We got up there and they're like, "Where's our tent?" And I was like, "I left it." You sleep under the stars. And they were just like, all right. My stepson was like, whoa, what the hell? And uh, that was kind of one of the things they woke up. And they're like, dude, there was so many stars, Dad. Did you see them? I was like, yeah. They're like, that was the coolest. So you just got to put them in those you know, spots, to those uh, positions to succeed. I think sleeping under the stars is even actually, in some cases, warmer. Wow. That like was, it was pretty cool. They didn't think about shit after that. Well, when I got into when you crawl, in, I did it in Twenty Nine Palms a couple of times, man. You just get in the sand, yeah, sleep in the bag, yeah. You know, it was great. Yeah, January Twenty Nine Palms, California, it can get a little chilly. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was legit. All right, man. Thanks for coming in and uh, doing this with me, and thanks for sharing your story. And um, yeah, like I said, jump on Instagram, check out Lucas Call. Um, I follow him if you need to look. Uh, just jump on mine and take a peek and check out these goats and what he does hunting with them and. Uh, if you can't, you know, I mean, if, if something you're into, DM me and I'll help you get whatever information you need. For I'm sure. sure you'd be willing to share, right? So, Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. What up, love? Hello. This was a really good episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to it. it made me laugh. 
Yeah. A lot. So I think um, if I could, you know, if I could sum up what I'm trying to do on the vent in one guy, it's probably Lucas. Why? So he's a veteran. He's a cop. He. Um, he's still a cop. He is, and yeah. he's and he's still in the army. Yeah. Right, and he's sort of been through the ringer. He's coming through the other side. He's in the, in those sort of transition periods. He's found a way to um, sort of deal with all that stuff and um, continue living life in like a meaningful way, right? Mm-hmm. And like those are the stories that I kind of want to tell, at least in the new format of this podcast, like kind of as we've gone through some changes. Yeah. Um, when I first met him, I was like, man, that's that's what I want to, you know, I want to be telling these kind of stories, you mm-hmm. know, at least, at least, you know, obviously it, we still want to vent about, you know, what goes on in society and culture. I think that was the root of the show, right. To try to give a veteran perspective on society and culture, but also it's become more important to me recently going back to kind of the two vets venting theme is to highlight other veterans, you know, and, and I got, I mean, I got that in Lucas, I think. I think you do that every Friday. <laughs> Well, that's my, yeah, that's my point. But I mean, it really epitome, you know. But you definitely do do it more now. Yeah. And there's actually, I feel like you have more direction. Yeah. It's I'd, not like just confusing. Yeah, no, I'd say so. I mean, we're not, yeah, we're not just like. Straight Anyways. Up, straight up. More about. More about Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't want to get off topic. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't realize. Um, a lot of these, like when I started working for the guard, I didn't realize like how many of these guys do what Lucas has done, right? Like he, um, spent however many years as like a cop and then was like, eh. well, in Ogden, well, just as a cop Ugh. in general. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. And Ogden is definitely not one of the nicer cities in the state. Um, so I mean, yeah, rough, rough crowd up there. Right. But then, then like they're still impacted by all these other things and boom, they're in the, you know, they wind up in the guard, you know? So, so now they're, they're not only serving their community as a cop but then you know they start off one week in a month two weeks a year like serving as a member of the military uh and then it, and it progresses and then he deployed too. yeah he also deployed and now he works so that's cool so i've never understood the guard and i don't know it's like so different from the active duty i know well yeah that's all where, we've ever where known. that's our that's life your, that's your life right you know but in a lot of ways the guard is harder there's de- many different forms of the way you can serve in the guard, but it usually starts as what they call traditional M day. Right. And that's probably where Lucas started. That's where, um, you know, our friend Phil started. That's the one week in a month, two weeks a year, but you're not a federal troop. You're a state. No, troop. you're state. So there's a difference. It's called. Yeah, it's, so I've never heard of that. Till right. We so got it's here. title 10 or title 32 title 10 is, um, federal or active duty and or federal reserve title 32 is state. So every state has one. Right. Um, but it is, it, you know, I'm not going to talk about the funding and all that stuff, but it's, it's you know, they can still be federalized, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. So you can become an M-Day guy. And then and what they also offer later on is the AGR track. Um, I don't remember exactly what AGR stands for, but these are basically guys that are basically on active duty orders, but to support the Utah Guard. Right. Okay. And so so, so that's, what, that's what he does now, but he's still a cop. Yeah. So, so basically, like, if you become, if you, if you get put on orders... Right. Whatever he, your job was, and or now, even just your state they orders, they save it. They have to save it. That's cool. So, like his his job as a police officer is still in Ogden. It's waiting for him. As That's he's, awesome. As now he's on orders, right? Yeah. So it is. It can get a little tricky. But then there's you know there's other like um, there's other different ways. And, and the thing is like coming from the Marines, like they don't tell you about this kind of stuff. And 
and when I when I go around and I'm talking with the guard members because I I you know I work for them they're basically like my customers if you will, um, a lot of them come from the Marine Corps like active duty Marine Corps but they're not they're not done serving so they wind up in the guard, and it's army so but it's na- different. National Guard is only army. Yeah. No. So the Air Force has a National Guard. Oh, um, okay. The Navy, I think, has maybe something like that. But the Marine Corps, you're either active duty or reserve. There so is that's no, what I thought. Yeah. yeah. There is no. There is no National Guard like state. There's no in component. No, there isn't. Okay. So the other services have that. The the Marine Corps does not. Okay. Right. So that's one of those tricky things. Like, so when someone tells you in their army, that can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, and I, I, the Navy may not have a National Guard either. They may just be—I'd have to look it up—but they—they may just be active duty or reserve, which would make sense. But we have some naval folks here too. Um, but then, uh, even if you're a Federal Reserve, like go back to the Tango episode. Mm-hmm. Tango has been in the Reserve, so he is a Federal troop, right? Air Force. Air Force now was in the Army. Yeah, that's totally different from the National Guard. Yeah, right. So, like, when you go to Fort Douglas here in Utah, those are Federal Reserves. Those are the – that's the Army Reserve. It's nice. They don't have anything to do with what I do with the, the Utah National Guard. Totally separate. But Army. I know that's crazy. But, yeah, that's what Lucas does. And, like, when, um, when he comes to work every day, he comes as a, as a soldier. But somewhere in Ogden, they're holding his job as a cop. And he'll retire from both. Wow. And it's an insanely smart way to do it. There's a lot of options. Yeah, there is. And the thing is, like, I felt so uneducated when I left the the military because they don't tell you the stuff. Like, would you want to do that? I'm not saying I would want to do it. I'm just oh. saying I would have wanted to know the options. Oh, like I didn't learn about the guard as it as it is as I know it now till well after. You know, and it, like they tell you, like when I left the Marine Corps, they tell you about like the select Marine Corps Reserve. But that's different, and then you're bound to certain states, right? Like, or you may have to, you know, retrain or get a new MOS and all this other shit. So, you know, it's harder because the Marine Corps is just not as big, for sure. So, yeah, it's interesting. But I love what he's. I love the path that he's taken, and now he's he's basically like a physical fitness coach in the army. Like, I know you had you kind of were curious about what his actual army job is. So they're changing their PT standards. Yeah. I so you remember like how oh, I used to have to run the CFT. So they they've become more of a combat oriented PT test and Lucas is handling all the logistics to get the gear cuz it it requires a ton of gear like different, you know, deadlift bars and all this stuff um that maybe they didn't they didn't have like as a setup. So he's doing that, he's coordinating all that for the state and then he's training all the people who are going to coordinate and train other soldiers on how to be, you know, functionally fit. And that you know that's super important because the old school PT standards are, they're they're comprehensive, but they're not exactly. Well, they're just trying to keep the military fit. Yeah, I mean, either that's the goal is like you don't what we've want learned, fat people out there exactly. But when what, they go to war, I think what they've know? learned, what they've learned in combat, or at least in modern combat, is the fitness tests that we were doing weren't really testing what you're actually going to do or be required potentially to do in in a combat environment. So I mean I think that's why every all the services are changing. So yeah. but that's basically what he does. And then if you know if if his orders let's say were to fall through, he goes back to Hogan and becomes a cop again. And finishes up, you know. And that's that's what's really special. That's nice. Yeah, it's really cool, but I think what he's what's most interesting though I think about him is his the way he hunts and stuff. What did you what did you think about 
that. Like his. I love that how he actually transitioned it. It started from he's a cop, and then you learn things, and and you do things as a cop, and then you're you get deployed, and you do things when you're deployed, and then when you come out, and I, it it's uh. I know I feel like he has a lot more control with the hunting um here animals than with people per se. Like he's, Well, he's hunted he's, people. He's he's to say it. I mean, he's hunted people in yeah. various forms. Like as a cop, as a gang oriented cop, he's he's or just going out and grabbing warrants. Like you're hunting humans. Right. You're not you're not your aim is not to hurt them, but you're still tracking them, right? Right. Like that's a rush, man. Like humans are effectively one of the top apex predators like in the world right obviously we could well, argue because we have tools exactly we could argue that. who is what but i'm just saying like in the streets as a cop like it's predator versus predator right like that's mm-hmm. how a lot of guys look at that and then in combat if you're on a scope and you're hunting humans or you're watching people and you're potentially pulling the trigger like that's a hard thing to get over whether you pull the trigger or you don't i mean you're literally you're hunting a human being Right, that's that's a it's a pretty intense experience, I'm sure. And then you know to just to just wind up trying to do that um, up in the mountain somewhere. I mean, that's that's interesting. But yeah, I I like that he talked about like well, there was a was it an elk or a deer that was right by his goats? It's a, yeah, it's elk. Or was that his friend? That he yeah. So he, he showed yeah. me some of that video. The elk will just roll right up at, yeah, with his goats. But like, it's like I could shoot it here, but. I'm going to enjoy this, this moment. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't have to shoot it right here. Yeah. He doesn't, he won't. So I've talked with him. He's like, man, I've had, um, so many opportunities to take out like bull moot, bull elk or whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, he just doesn't. Yeah. He he takes, you know, obviously he's a hunter and he wants to provide food and different things, but also like he doesn't just kill to kill. Yeah. Yeah. He won't just take any old elk and it's about the stock and it's about the experience Mm-hmm. And um, hunting an elk, I would imagine with a bow, um, can't it just easy. can't be easy? Because <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I think probably a hundred yards is probably like for a really good archer would be considered like an ethical shot. That's far. That's far with a bow. With it's a very bow. far with a bow. And then to be um, accurate, but I'm sure there's people that have taken shots like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I would think fifty or in is probably the safer bet for a lot of people. Well, just the accuracy goes down the further exactly, with, like especially with a bow. Which I get the point I'm trying to make is like you you have to get fucking close to these yeah. animals to take them out with a bow, and like that's a real hunt. And like I think hunters should aspire to that for sure. Yeah, I'm not knocking people who use rifles or whatever like take out an out cow because they're overpopulated or whatever. They're feeding your family. Like I'm, I'm a direct beneficiary of that we we got some elk steak shout out to my boss like in the freezer can't wait to eat it mm-hmm. um i'm not knocking that i'm just saying like when if you want an experience like a sort of a, a life changing kind of experience i mean i think this might be a way and what's crazy interesting yeah, though, if is you're the fact that he's good at it he's got the well i mean that's the, that's what i'm <laughs> saying it's the whole process of like having to train to be that good having to train your mind to be that good having to train your body to be that good I mean, I know, like, we talked about his goats, and they packed the weight and all that stuff for him, but still, like, he's going in, like, I've seen the videos, like, he's going into some places that normal, average people would really struggle to get into, goats or no goats. That 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 was cool, too, to learn that he just goes, he just goes, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's like, wow, it's challenge accepted, like, you, you're confident enough to know you could go do that. Yeah. 
and then it's fine. That's a serious know? belief in yourself and your skills. And um, but it's there. I love the way he talked about it. It was very therapeutic. Obviously, for him. therapeutic for him. Like like yesterday, we went on a walk, and then I went and ran. It was like I I usually have music with me, but it was just me and my breathing, and that was like so therapeutic for me. Like so I. I felt what he was saying when he was explaining what it does to him mm-hmm. and what it does for him. Like I, I totally get it, but on a different scale. Well, so you know? again, that's my point. And that's like a lot of what I want to try to do. Like I experience a lot of those same, um, same feelings on the golf course, even when you're angry. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it's just because I'm only focused on how hard the game of golf is, right? Like I'm, I, I can let go just for that little bit of time. I don't have to think about any of the other things. Um, I can just think about me, my swing, um, trying to make a little ball land on a big spot where potentially I can put it into a little hole. Like that's very difficult and I can focus just on that. I've written about this before. I've talked about it before. Um, it is, uh, an insanely challenging sport and it lets you just forget about all the other shit just for that little bit of time. Just, you can pause life and go play golf and that's what I get out of it. So when you get angry on the golf course... I'm only That's angry at the yeah. I'm, I'm only angry at the game. <laughs> you know, it's it's therapeutic in a way. Like you want to be better. It, it reminds you that you want to push yourself to be better. And I find it in golf. He finds it in the mountains. I mean, you know, maybe he doesn't get to the top of a peak or a ridge that he wants this time, but he's going to push himself to go next time. And I just encourage veterans to find whatever that is, whether it's packing goats to hunt elk or playing golf or running or. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, just find that thing that helps you stay focused and helps you hit that reset button every now and again. I think everybody needs it. And that, you know, I've learned that with the Warriors Peak guys. I think they're experiencing the same thing. I love how he called his human children the lessers. <laughs> he's definitely, I've, because I can relate to that. Like, Brutus is my kid. Yeah. Like, he's number one. When they, when our kids have asked, who's your favorite kid? It's Brutus. Yeah. You know, they know it. You know it. Right. You know, like, (laughs) I absolutely, I get that, you know. (laughs) Well, so he said, like, you know, I've had goats in the past, but they weren't. um, Cool like his? Yeah, they're not. Well, because (laughs) he spent so much time with them early on. Like, if I talk to my mom, I'm sure she's um, raised a couple goats in that fashion. But he's, like, bottle feeding these guys when he first gets them. That's cool. I like that. You know, imprinting, I think, with animals is, like, a real thing. I know it's been dramatized in Hollywood and all this shit, but, like, I think that's a real deal. Like, I think animals definitely like give the a piece of themselves to it like is. humans, right? And and goats, for whatever reason, are no different. And they like his goats legitimately act like dogs. They'll yeah. follow you. They'll they'll come to you. Like they know. They learn. You know. They. Um, but they're independent they, at the same time. <laughs> they, they are very independent and can be very stubborn. But they still reciprocate like some type of emotion which a lot of animals just don't. Like when you look at certain animals, sometimes they're just emotionless. And you're like, "Man, this is this is obviously why this animal is just food." You know, like Well, I don't know. Our chickens <laughs> They don't reciprocate emotion. Our chicken I don't uh well, little man little man can get it out of the chickens. Right. So I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not saying that animals are incapable. I'm just saying some animals are they far select, more like they've selected little man. Right, That's who they've Some animals on. are far more willing to reciprocate emotion where chickens you've seen it. I mean, the one chicken that like chases the girl down the road and like always comes home with her from school. Like Mm -hmm. that's reciprocating emotion. Like that, that animal is wanting to do that. But I'm just saying like, that's one out of however many chickens, right? Like, but when you get goats, it all depends on, I mean, obviously he's a great goat dad. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, that's, that's what he is. It's like everybody can have a pet, but it doesn't mean you're a great pet parent. Right. You know? Sure. So we're great. I wouldn't call our chickens pets. Um, we're not going to eat them, but I wouldn't call them pets, but we, they know we take care of well, them. Well, yeah, we definitely have a, we have a mutual relationship. Yeah. Like, there are it. some people like you want a dog. You want another dog. It's like, well, I'm going to stay home then. Like you don't just get a dog to leave the dog at home when you go to work. Like it's, it's like a child. I don't know. Maybe that's perspective because I, I don't know. You just don't get something to neglect it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And like, it, it's so sad when you see people and people get rid of their animals all the time because they don't have attention. I'm like, well then why did you waste that dog's time? Yeah. Why did you waste your time and money? You know, it's, it's like, you don't get an animal to neglect it. That's not yeah, what I mean, that's for. I mean, for sure, life happens. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and I think in Lucas's case, like he definitely he invested. When I learned the about time, yeah, when I learned about love, like how he, you know, like I thought, okay, you just go get a group of goats and they just follow you, and it's way, way more than that. Like this is yeah. a, this is all a massive cycle of investment mm-hmm. for him, you know, to be able to, like he may not be actively hunting an elk mm-hmm. or getting into the mountains, but he's training his goats. He's scouting these routes. He's going to these places. Like he's trying to do these things to prepare for it. And it's, it's become part of his life. And, you know, again, I just, I think, you know, veterans, first responders, like these people that live these stressful lives, like they got to find that, that thing, whatever that, whatever thing is. it is. Yeah. Whatever right. it is, whether it's golf, running, Playing cars. Triathlons, cars, you know, any of these activities um, that I, you know, and I think also people, you know, especially for like some of the guys that have been like more egregiously wounded, like they, they really struggle to find these things, but I'm watching online and seeing these people like there's a, there's a guy I really hope to get on the show. He's, he, uh, he's an amputee, but he wakeboards like a lot of people would think you can't do that. But people find well, that's ways because people are narrow minded and they won't try. But I'm saying like, you know, these guys, they, they limit themselves. There's so many guys out there that are proving you can find ways, you know, um, to be better, to be healthier, to get past some of the things that you've experienced and and um, and just keep living a fulfilling life, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the key to trying to drop the, you know, the, the number they th- say is like 22 a day. Uh, we lose 22 veterans a day by suicide and like i think these are the kind of stories and these are the kind of things that are going to help slow that number down i don't know if we'll ever end that number i just don't i don't think that's you know possible obviously that's a goal you hope to attain but man i mean it's just a fight that everybody's got to fight and i know and and like uh so going back to this podcast um i think that's what's really great it's we're we're not trying to get um you know, famous or anything. We just want to help people find the confidence and the courage to get out there. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's the first step is, is it's hard to say you need help, but it's not going to be right away. You know, it's baby steps. You have to find your confidence, find your voice, find the courage to say, okay, today I'm, I'm going to go out and walk, or I'm going to go out and Maybe just say hi to someone or smile at someone and, you know, the little baby steps. So and then, you know, that'll lead you. These little steps will lead you to a road where you'll feel better and and you'll know what you want to do, you know, or you'll find a purpose or you'll find, you know, just get there. Yeah, that's how we get there. Yeah, for me, and definitely for me, it's been um, 
for me to feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing, it's working on this podcast. It's working on telling these veteran stories. It's working on a tournament that helps get more guys involved in whatever it is, you know, and I choose golf as a pathway, but I'm also trying to bring in other people to also offer other opportunities for things, you know, and I think hiking is definitely one, like spending time in nature definitely seems to be Well, one. and like Lucas is not afraid to be by himself. Like that's how he can yeah. release and, go, you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with being by there's yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, but for some people that's a very scary thing. Well, but he's comfortable in it because he found that that's what works for him. Mm-hmm. So. Look, I'm not that guy. Like I, I, I find it to be very lonely. That's why I think I love the community of hiking as a group or um, playing golf as a group. Like, you know, I, I love that. Like um, I remember we used to watch the show alone and I used to say, oh, I could do that. Like I'm not hundred percent sure I could. I feel like I could, but yeah, I like I'm, being by myself. Yeah. I have, a, I, 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 I struggle with it. I, I'm very, um, very much about like wanting to be around my family very much like wanting, um, you know, affection and all these things. Like I, I, yeah. I personally, I just the, struggle. Like, and that's funny. Cause I'm the, You're co- a total opposite. I'm the opposite yeah, of you. Opposite. Like if I work out, I can work out by myself. I don't need to, I don't want to be mm-hmm. next to somebody. You know, I don't want to hear you breathing. Right. Like, and that's why I enjoy going on runs by myself because it's just, I can't blame anybody after that. <laughs> it's just, if I'm not good at running, it's because I didn't do great that day. Not be because, you know, I can hear your music or I can hear you breathing. Yeah. Or there's a dog, you know, it's just, you just have to find what works for you. So there's been like a a little, since I went to the Philippines and I knew we were going to do this episode. This one? Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, he called you out on it too. (laughs) So he, yeah, I feel like there's a little shade on me though. Cause I, (laughs) look, I just want to, for the record, like I didn't like intentionally go to the Philippines just to like eat goat. It just happens that it's a source of protein there. So that that restaurant that we went that's to, that's what they my parents in. that they started out just making goat. Yeah, and then they went to other stuff. Like this place will sell out. They make food in the morning, and it'll sell out by two in the afternoon. And that they don't make any more food because it's freshly made every day. And you're like, I'll try goat because my dad was like, that's goat. Well, they, so know? that was like a staple product in Iraq and some other areas in the Middle East, like. It's a, a huge staple of protein. Like you can raise goats, you can get milk from them, and he talked about it. Like, yeah, he said there's guys that are humping up in the mountains with goats, and they just drink off their udder. Like they just take milk right off the goat udder. I, we watched a show like that. Well, I it mean, was it, with so their girls. That, again, it's, again though, it's a symbiotic like relationship where the goat needs the companionship and wants to be with you, and it's going to help you. And you can use the goat for so many different things. Like Lucas mentioned though, like if it was like Dire Straits, like he knows. He knows it's which also, one he's going to Yeah, it's also yeah. A, you know, a source of survival. But I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like he goes out and tries to do that. <laughs> right. he's, it's not like cooking <laughs> goats up in his backyard and shit. Like, <laughs> but I feel like, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it was a source of tension. I think it was a, a joke between the two of us, but it was mm-hmm. definitely funny. I think, I don't know if he listened to that episode, but I, I think mean, no, but again, those what? goats are not pets. Like the goats that people consume in in the you know in other countries no, they're, farmed. Like they're straight up farmed <laughs> no one's bottle raising them no no one's no. packing them around before they eat them like these are animals that are just solely you know raised for protein which is normal in a lot of places but it was just weird because it correlated with well what's surprisingly is like you didn't you didn't ask for a lot when we were in the philippines but you did ask to go to that restaurant for a second time and you did ask to eat goat 
again, and that's all you ate with rice. So it was yeah, like, calling me out. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> that's what you did. It was super good. <laughs> I would have been happy to go to McDonald's. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, all right, if we want to have that topic, like, <laughs> it's important to me. I think you can understand cultures and experience cultures and gain respect in with cultures their with their food. Absolutely. Especially in places where um, poverty is sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. There is a massive gap in the Philippines between the poor people and people doing well. And if you're willing to experience the foods, especially on the on the lower end of the monetary spectrum, mm-hmm. then you can it gain... Is, and it's better. You can gain a lot of respect from from those cultures and it, that was meaningful to me and you know i wear it as a badge of honor every time a person of a different culture says i you're white and you're gonna eat that and i'm like yeah well that's the um you know i'm just saying though like i i that means a lot to me it means yeah. they're recognizing that i am willing to experience what they have to offer right and that's and, and i want to do the same for other people and that's important to me and it, and it always has been since i left the states yeah was to try to, um, uh, what's that? It's like Anthony Bourdain in a way. I'm not a chef, but I mean, it's like you can learn yeah. so much about people, about their history from their food, and and you I can just, feel it too. I just love food. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and like, who doesn't? But I mean, like <laughs> when you get the looks when you're eating something, they're like, people are surprised. Like, man, I can't believe he's even willing to. You try. mean like everybody there? <laughs> I'm just saying, like they were surprised I'm even willing to try, and that means you know I wear that as a badge of honor, man. I like that. It's important to me. And I think I think the poorer a country is, um, the more important food becomes, mm-hmm. because like they just don't have a lot of it, you know. Like, and yeah. they don't they don't waste time to make all these fliver, you know, frilly foo foo. Yeah, like they don't have you know, um, they just don't waste their time with all that stuff. I mean, yeah. we're we're a little off topic or whatever, but I mean, yeah, it's important to me, and I I will continue to do that in every. Um, place that i get to go and, and every place that i experience i'll eat as radical as shit as i possibly can stomach including duck eggs <laughs> but they took it easy on me so next time i'm gonna have to no it's it's not duck egg it's aborted duck well yeah it's a fertilized egg i mean lots of yeah. eggs can be fertilized but this is allowed to grow so, a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> but you know a lot of people reached out to me on that one and we're like no way I'm sur- like even robbie my buddy robbie he mm-hmm. knows i have a soft stomach for certain things He's like, dude i cannot believe <laughs> that you fluids. were able to do that <laughs> it's the fluids <laughs> but yeah um yeah i just enjoyed it but i would say thanks to lucas for jumping on here with me and and talking about it and i hope um i hope his story can inspire other guys to find whatever it is they're looking for wherever that may be mm-hmm. to just branch out into something new um to try something new that's my puppy <laughs> you know to try something like like i'm not like i i told a lot of my marines before when i was in like yeah when i see like hills and mountains i'm like i it never occurred to me to like walk up it i just didn't find it was your only option to run no i'm saying like as like a source of recreation like I'm, oh. i don't like heights and i'm just like man it's ridiculous like why am i gonna do that to but myself it's so but it's starting to become a th- it's now starting to become something i'm actually interested in and like and you know remember um when we used to talk a little bit about um the kid who went out to the bus um mccandless oh yeah chris mccandless mm-hmm. i used to say and when we were in japan mm-hmm. i was like that's the fucking stupidest thing that's such a do. great like, and, and, but then movie. I read his book and I mm-hmm. watched the movie. I, I opened my mind a little bit and I learned like really what some of these guys were after. 
And now I'm I'm just I have a way more open mind to trying some of these things. And like we're gonna go, you know, we're I'm starting to lay the foundation to um to get my body in a place where I can do some of these hikes and and hopefully, you know, work with the Warriors Keep and, and try some of these other things and see you know, what it does for me personally, you know? Well, I think when you used to look at a hill, it used to be negative. Yeah. Like you, you set a limit, Yeah, but yeah, sure. You're walking, but when you get up there, it looks great. When you're walking around, it's like you, you're so stimulated. Your eyes are looking, you know, personally, I was closed off to those experiences for whatever reason. I'm not even sure what it was. I just, I didn't even care. You just automatically shut it down. Yeah, I didn't even give it a chance, and that's that's. And I, I'm challenging other veterans. I think through this show, especially mm-hmm. with this episode and, and Robbie's episode and some of these other things, I'm challenging people to find whatever that is. If you're out there and you were anything like me and you're closed off to these experiences, just go try. try. Because yeah, I, I mean, if hiking's not your thing, but you go try and it sucks, then you know it sucks. Then you know. Move on to something. But else. But you know because you tried, not and, because somebody and I, told I, I you. I can say right now, I don't know. I don't know if um, hiking up to a, a peak or a crest or whatever is is stupid as I think it is, and I need to go find out, you know. And and that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of things. And I, I like I said, I just challenge other guys, other you know vets, first responders to go do that, you know. And it's this isn't a new thing. I'm just hoping to right. reach out to some of those people that maybe are a lot like me, you know. And, and yeah, don't set limits. Haven't found what they're what they're wanting even in the, like even the weight room you know like yeah. like i know lots of guys that that's where they get all their stuff out is just crushing the weight room i cannot stand the gym but since i've been in there a little more regularly on like a more structured routine like i'm starting to enjoy that hour of my life you know? i just need windows like i don't want to feel like i'm in a closed room and i think that's why i enjoy being outside yeah for sure and running is mm-hmm. because Oh, even a window is not enough sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. You know? I get it. All right. Well, thanks thanks to Lucas for jumping on here. I, hopefully we can get I him back. I enjoyed his and, story. Yeah, his story is great. And how he overcame what he needed to overcome right. to find what he needed. It's just Yeah, he was he actually inspiring. he was he he opened up a little more than I think even before about some of the some of the reasons that led him to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Where before like I've talked to him about we were just focused on his goats cuz that's super cool. But that's it was a pretty interesting. cool part of the interview. Yeah, no, but it was interesting to hear kind of his pathway to to how he stumbled across um you know, being able to do that kind of thing. Well, he didn't know. get the goats local. No, this They're is from the thing. Kansas, no, right? Isn't that what he's, he said? Yeah, it sounds like he's gone far and wide <laughs> to find the proper goats to do this stuff with because the breeds matter, you know. That's definitely, awesome. Definitely goats, not all goats are created equally. Like no, this, obviously. There are species of goats that yeah. can do different things. Um, and that some of them are more hardy or robust or whatever. Um, and I know that just even from, from my small experience. But, um, yeah, just, again, thanks to Lucas for joining. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully you guys learned something from him and, and maybe find some inspiration to – to go find whatever it is you're looking for to, you know, to to, to live a, a happy, healthy, fulfilling life, man, after whatever, you know, trying to figure out whatever you're going through. Got anything else, babe? No. Proud of you. <laughs>